Thank you for tuning in to the Life of KG podcast. We are all about helping you guys in the beauty industry. Whether you're starting out in this industry or been in the business for years, we want to motivate you, educate you, and support you to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to A Life of KG. I hope you're all okay. So today I'm really excited to have back on the show Ava from Ava Scarlet Beauty. If you haven't heard of this powerhouse, then where have you been? She was on episode seven of The Life of KG. So when we first started in the beginning, and she is one of our top performing episodes. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go and listen to that first and then come and tune back into this and you can have a nice little catch up. So I wanted to get Ava on the show again, just to kind of see where her direction has taken her over the last couple of years, what she's doing, what she's been up to, and just catch up with her, because she is such a babe. So without further ado, here she is. Ava, 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 welcome to the show again. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be back, it's exciting. Definitely. First of all, before we even start, massive congratulations on the best news of 2020. <laughs> What's that, me getting my new van or me producing another little bambino? <laughs> you producing another bubba. <laughs> Thank you very much. How have you been feeling? Yeah, do you know, I am, I feel so like blessed. I, I have really good pregnancies. Obviously, this is my third pregnancy. My first, I was um, 18. And, uh, oh my God, like, if you see photos of me, I was massive. And I think I just kept eating and eating and eating. But I think it was a mixture of that and being so young that I had, like, well, like puppy fat. So I was massive. And I just assumed, oh, this is what it's going to be like every pregnancy. And then when I was pregnant with Honey, um, oh, I was like, at the gym. I looked great. Like, I was so fit and healthy. And this time around, it's a boy. So I was thinking, oh, typical. I bet I'll be like what I was with Ernie. <laughs> fine so um yeah I've had no sickness um yeah love it I'm yeah very I'm a good pregnant lady so uh yeah thank you oh I love that well you look really really well and looking at you now you'd never even know you were pregnant you've got such a neat bump when you stand up it's so cute thanks babe yeah honey's hilarious although it's a bit I think she forgets that there's an actual baby now because like she would just try and like sit on top of me and stuff and she want picking up all the time and so yeah it's, it's different this time around but I'm absolutely loving it so yeah oh very very happy for you very so welcome back to the show most of you should know who you are if they don't I don't know where they've been living under a rock or something <laughs> but our regular listeners they would have already know who you are because you was on episode seven like two years ago yeah, I was wondering how long ago that was. So yeah, two years ago. That is crazy. How quick yeah, I know. It, it's literally flown by. I actually remember doing it because we'd only just launched the podcast. And I remember I went to the office, couldn't do it in the office because it was too loud. So I sat in my car and done it. <laughs> oh my God. Brilliant. Yeah, I remember. How funny. But for those that don't know who you are, please can you introduce yourself and say a bit about what you do? Yes. Yeah, so first of all, I'll just quickly say, I'm also in the office and I've just noticed Someone's just start to do some banging work upstairs. God knows what they're doing. So if you do hear that, I apologise. <laughs> Probably putting up a shelf or something. <laughs> um, so 
I am Ava. Um, I am 26 years old. Um, I'm based in West Sussex, so right by the sea, literally like where I live is like a 10 minute walk from the beach, which is, it feels like a really long time, uh, a really long way actually, because before my flat was literally like on the beach, which is brilliant. So yeah, so what else? I have Ava Scarlet Beauty, which is my first business, which I've had for, started in January, 2015. Um, so yeah, I think I've just literally done my, is that six years? I think it's six years, isn't it? I'll go on. <laughs> Get my fingers out. <laughs> I am a mother, as you, as I've just explained. Um, but yeah, they're all the facts about me. But oh my God, Katie, I'll just be honest with you. <laughs> when you messaged me and you said, um, write a bio, I had like a bit of a meltdown, mate. I'm going to read it off my phone because I wrote some notes because I thought I've got to share this. I was going, do I share it or do I not? And I thought, no. Why have a meltdown about your bio? <laughs> I'll explain why. So I've literally read it down. I think it's a mixture of pregnancy hormones and you obviously follow my stuff. Um, I'm quite deep. I've had a lot of realisations in the past few years, like my business and just everything has changed so much. So a, a simple question like that, it used to seem, basically when someone would ask me before, who are you? What is it you do? It would just flow so easy from like my mouth. Oh, so I may run 26, this is what I do. But then when you wrote, oh, I started typing, I thought, Bloody hell, am I? Am I like? <laughs> am I just a mixture? What did I write down? I'll literally read it to you. I'll write it all down. Only a few years ago, I would never think twice about this question. I would go on to list my name, that I'm a mother, that I work, that I run my own business, and to tell the world who I am would flow easily from my lips. Um, however, when asked over email for a bio of who I am, I found myself not knowing how to answer this question. So I started to think, well, who, who am I? And how do I determine who I am? So am I Ava? Because that is the name that my parents chose for me before I was even born. Um, to say that I'm a working mum, does that define who I am? Um, do we combine all of our titles, roles and responsibilities and names and that's who we are? Um, so honestly, I was writing it down. I was thinking, how do I answer this best? I literally, I was in my lounge, I ran downstairs to my other studio downstairs, I went in, he's like, he took his headphones off, what's up? I said, Tone, I said, I think we're on a bit of a meltdown or it's like a spiritual breakthrough. I was like, who the bloody hell am I? Like, I'm just a human doing what everyone else, I'm just trying to live my life. Who am I? He's like, all right, chill out. But it, it, and I started to cry, honestly. It was such like Oh no, I made yeah. you cry. <laughs> like I said, I think it's a mixture of pregnancy hormones and, just like it, it might seem like a simple question to some people, but um, yeah, just, I, I thought I'd explain it. So other people, I think some people might listen to this and might think, "What the fuck is she going on about?" But then some people might go, "No, she's right. How do we determine who we are?" Yeah. So I'm what all good people, normal people of the 21st century do, and I'll Google it. Who am I? How do I know who I am? And the answer that come up um, was an article that was titled. A better question to ask yourself isn't who am I, but how would I like to experience my life? I know, I know that you'd like that. So um, my answer to that is I want to live as fully as I can. So what does that look like to me? 
So living fully to me uh, is constantly learning, constantly growing and constantly improving. So because that's how I want to live my life, I'm never the same person. So who I am today is completely different to who I was when you last interviewed me mm. compared to who I was last week. I will be completely different next week. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So, which inevitably, you know, changes me and shapes me as a, as a person. So yeah, just thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> I absolutely love that but it is true and I think it doesn't matter where we are in life what we do I think we always get that can you send the bio over and you, you do always get a bit stuck and I think even if it's a company bio which I get asked for quite a lot I'm like I'm stuck I'm like well I've been in the company for 12 years I should kind of know what it is but you still get stuck I end up getting someone else to write it for me because I can't do it so it's like yeah so it's actually a very very valid point I can resonate oh right yeah and like I said I know it's quite a deep thing but I thought I might as well share it because well just to go yeah I'm Ava I'm 26 I live in West Sussex like all right what else what else do I do then who else what else <laughs> defines me so yeah it was a real deep question and uh yeah I had a, I had a bit of a moment mate I did <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh dear oh dear well I want to go into like the last few years or two yeah. years but before that before we go into that part of it last year obviously was a game changer for everyone we've obviously gone through a pandemic which none of us have gone through in our life Covid's hit we've done a major lockdown then another one then another one and now we're in a bloody another one how have you dealt with that how have you dealt with it personally? Has it changed anything personally and business? What was, how did you deal with it? Um, well, mate, I definitely didn't see this shit coming. <laughs> sure. Um, well, when it first, so what was it like last, um, it was March, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I moved house in the February and then um, obviously, like yourself, had work booked in for months. So then when the news hit and I think we literally had like, I remember hearing of coronavirus and there was like loads of memes and stuff online. And I remember just thinking, oh, it's dead. like I didn't even consider like it could have the effect that it has had on us. I just thought it was like this thing that was just going around in other countries and it wasn't as serious as everyone was making out and stuff. Pretty naive. So, um, yeah, so when, like, the government announced it, old Boris, and it was, like, getting serious, and there was, like, you heard of schools closing and stuff. Obviously, I've got kids in school, and I was just thinking, like, it's, you're so used to just doing your daily thing. Like, for the past few years, it's been nursery, work, do this, do that, do that. So I've had such a good structure and routine. Like, I know I'm doing every single day. I know my set days off. So, um, yeah, it obviously, like everyone, it really threw me through me at the start but I knew I thought right I, I mean I look at things from uh, a broader perspective I try not to get take things personally and I try not to get too worried about things because at the end of the day um, I've had awful experiences happen and I've overcome them so I know that this was just one of those things you know business had to close but it's okay because I'll overcome it somehow and as long as I'm healthy my kids are right Mm. nothing else matters so having that as my like um 
go-to place when I feel like things are getting tough. I feel like that. I think everyone's got to have a go-to place. I think as long as you know you're okay, you're healthy, doesn't matter what else happens. If you lose your house, it'll be right because we live in a country where there's a lot of help and I have loved ones who would never see me homeless. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so first of all, I knew that I wasn't going to panic. Um, and I knew that my business, obviously, it's not like I do open heart surgery or brain surgery. Or, I mean, I teach beauty courses. So if that has to go and hold for a while, no one's going to die. We're going to be all right. So I, yeah, I obviously closed the business um, temporarily. Um, I remember just thinking, I know there's going to be so many women out there in our industry who are going to be panicking. And I know it, I've got quite a big following who look to me for positivity and motivation and for you know a different perspective so my first thought wasn't like um oh this is what course we're gonna offer we're gonna do online things I was like right I would need I need to support my followers right now so I remember I put out a post a long post and I had such good feedback about it I can't think word for word what it was but it's basically just saying how um you know take use this time wisely don't it, it's not necessarily a bad thing yes we're going to lose money and stuff uh, yes you might have to go on benefits but i tell you what it's quite a nice feeling knowing that, knowing that there's other people in the same situation as well i think you find you take some comfort from that as well um so yeah so i obviously closed business um i was going to do loads of things online obviously i went in with, oh, i'm going to do this i'm going to do that and then i was just thinking well, shit me, I've got to do homeschooling. I've got a toddler home at the time. Obviously, we've got, um, well, I've got two children and then my other half's got two children. We, we you know, we share um, they're with us half the time. So, you know, for half the week, we've got four kids with us, which are all in school and nursery and it's full on. So I won't put pressure on myself if it means I lose out on some money. That's, you know, that's how it is. So we, um, so yeah, so I made a decision, not worry about work, support my following, reach out, you know, message message all of those and, and support them. And um, I, do you know what, Katie? It was the best bloody thing for me. It was, oh, I fucking loved it. I spent, so, obviously the weather was great, wasn't it? It's like as soon yeah. as day one lockdown happened, um, the weather was just mental. Um, I saw online people like, oh, the government have planned this. Look, day one of lockdown, the weather's last. What, right, chill out. Like, <laughs> I don't think they can sort the weather, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we were doing like a week on week off with the other parents. So our kids would be with us for one week and then without us for one week. So I realised how fortunate we are for that. So for a few months we had that. And um, yeah, spent loads of time outdoors. We got a van, which we um, also need all those seats and all them bloody kids, mate. It's like, <laughs> I've got like a tiny car, not knowing how to park it. So this massive nine seater van. I'm a fucking pro at parking now. sensors, <laughs> um, and we would literally take all of the seats out the back. And I'd never like really done camping or like traveling around or anything. And um, yeah, we like put our mattress in the back, got our like cooker, and um, we got this app. Actually, it's brilliant. I can't think of what it's called, but I think we pay like five quid for the year for it. It shows you where you can park for free in really beautiful spots. So like we drove around Cornwall, Devon, all of our local places. And like we slept next to like a rain, uh, uh, rainforest, a um, waterfall, like in our van. And I read loads, and I, yeah, I'd never had that space to just mm. learn and exist and not be like, right, I've got to be at nursery at this time, I've got to be at work at this time. And yeah, it was nice. Like I cooked more. We've, um, what else did we do? 
yes, we had traveling loads. We had, oh, I've wrote it down a little few lists of actually what else we've done. Um, yeah, moved house, um, relationships as well. My, my relationship changed because it, a situation like that, something so severe, like obviously you realize who is important in your life and having that spare time to think about things and think, right, it forces you to think, am I actually happy with my business? Am I happy with my relationship? So I know obviously being locked in with someone, there's been a lot of pressure, you know what I mean? You might realise you don't actually like the other half. Um, there's a lot of people who have broken up. There's a lot of people who have um, gained new relationships. I mean, I've never spoke to my friends so much in that first lockdown. I was using that house party app yeah. as well. Like I've never literally like every day speak to all my mates and all my family, which was just brilliant. Like, and it made me think, gosh, like how little I've actually spoke to them and actually spent time with my family in the past few years. Like, oh, we've done loads of puzzles and, mate, I've done a 1,000 piece puzzle. I couldn't even do like a 20 piece puzzle a few years ago. Mate, I give up on the whole puzzle thing. I got like, there was like a thousand piece puzzle. I got to 10 bits, I give up. Do you know, that's the thing. It's, it's that, um, it's so, yeah, but you know, from, from businesses, growing a business from scratch and then receiving an award for how, you know, for being an entrepreneur and helping people and employing people and that feeling of like success. <laughs> I, it, it, I can, you can get it from simple things, like literally finishing that puzzle. We had all the kids work on it. Honey wasn't mate. She was on bloody kids YouTube. I thought I ain't having her touching it, losing the pieces. <laughs> but, um, we worked together as a team and yeah, my relationships with my kids grew better and with my other half grew better. And um, yeah, just, a uh, few people in my family who there's been issues with um, throughout my whole life, which we've overcome and I've had realisations, I'm not going into too much detail, but had I not have had that time away from that routine and strict structure, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have had it. So for me, yes, business, I've not earned as much money. Um, I've cut back loads on spending as well, which I bought a book along with me, actually. Someone I've had... Claire Seal, she's called My Frugal Year Ooh. on um, Instagram. Yeah, I brought it along to, to say she's made me realise loads about money. So this woman, basically, she's she was in um, debt and she's still in debt. And um, that's another thing, saying I, no, not, what is it? She said uh, she has debt, she's not in debt. Because when you say you're in debt, that makes you feel like it's part of you. So she says mm -hmm. she has debt. Anyway, so she basically, she's had her Instagram account for like a year and uh, my friend shared it and she has shared her story of how she's getting out of debt and really um, insightful, helpful little tips to do to cut back on spending and stuff and how she's become so much more happy and grateful since having less, less and spending less as well. And um, oh my God, it's just incredible. Her Instagram has blown up. She's obviously released a book and she's doing incredible. So I haven't got debt, luckily, but reading this book it's made me think twice about money so before I would like work clothes earn good money and then I would be like right it's a day off now I've got to go shopping um so I'd like bung the kids in the car we'd go you know what I mean to shopping center and I'd just buy like a load of crap which you don't need to like make me happier and thinking that that's what they need as well like oh my god honey needs the latest leopard print on my dress H&M and like spending like 100 quid in my favorite shop tiger when that doesn't actually bring me happiness. So it's, it's, it's what I've learned is tackling money issues as well. So the less I have, the less money I spend, 
I appreciate my things more. So my house looks completely different to what it did at the start of last year. I have a lot less, but everything I have in my house, um, it's we use it and we we love it. So uh, that's one of the books that I've read, which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, sorry, I've gone right off topic. I can't remember what the bloody question was now, mate. What? Love what? it. Not no, can I, but I'm just so engrossed in your conversation. <laughs> but you've really, so you've really taken COVID and turned it into a positive and just realised what's around you in life. And it is the simple things that make us happy, isn't it? And I think in our day to day, we just get consumed with life, routine, money, business that we kind of forget what actually really matters. Absolutely, mate. It's, we're not designed, as, as humans, we're not designed to work in, you know, work nine till five, Monday to Friday, have strict routines and strict structure like that. We've got to have play, we've got to have fun, we've got to be spontaneous, we've got to be present, we've got to spend time by ourselves as well and I, I know some people might listen to this and might think oh that's easy for you to say but mate I've worked those five days a week I, I get it I get some people you know they're having to do that um but yeah I during the the lockdown as well we um my behalf he's got a friend who owns a campsite my behalf he's got a um like gardening maintenance business and stuff and he contacted him and uh, my boyfriend contacted him and said, oh, we would love to stay at your campsite. Can we do it during lockdown, you know, secretly? He said, uh, really sorry, mate, we can't, you know, all this, oh, gutted. Anyway, come back a few days later, it's all about putting it out there, Kate, isn't it? And then uh, <laughs> he said, oh, do you know what? We actually need our campsite all strimmed. Um, so if you could do that, like, we'd be happy to exchange some, some camping flat, and it's in Hastings. And uh, so we were like, yes, mate. So it was on our, like, kid free week. So... I've never d- used a strimmer before. I've never used a strimmer, have you? <laughs> no, have I? Oh, I haven't started. Oh my God, mate. I'll tell you what I did. I'm a bit of a pro now. So we went to this campsite. We um we had our tent in the back and our campers stuff and the, a strimmer each, hard hats. And it was when the weather was lush. And we strimmed this campsite. And it was so much fun, like just working together as a team. Like, obviously, this is his job, but he found it fun because... He was teaching me and like, I was learning how to create like a meandering pathway with like my strimmer. Completely different to doing bloody eyelashes. And um, yeah, we stayed in the forest. For, like we, we had a whole campsite in a, in a forest for, uh, uh, I think it was like, I think overall we slept there about over the course of four months, probably like two weeks in total. Like, really? how do you get that opportunity in life? And that, was just like I thought if this like, I was learning loads like about myself um and just having that time in the forest and in nature and being surrounded by the trees and stuff it just it just gave me so much clarity and that probably sounds a bit mental and a bit like like I'm some like hippie woman but um yeah it gave me so much I thought I'm like I I know that I am not designed it made more sense and what I had clarity over the fact that I'm not meant to be working five days a week I'm not meant to be putting this much stress myself I'm not meant to be coming home at six o'clock quickly whacking a sandwich down my neck quickly putting the kids there that is not that's not sustainable and I don't want that so um yeah it gave me it gave me loads and um so yeah being outdoor loads that that was brilliant and we got bikes as well so doing those bike rides that's good and swimming in the sea mate 
I'd never really swam in the British Sea. I was like, I ain't going in there. That'd be, it's like thinking, isn't it? A seaweed. It's not like going to Spain or something. Yeah. Oh, wait, I was in the sea all the time. And it was so much fun. And, and as I was in it, I was thinking, why the hell have I never done this before? It's literally on my doorstep. I walk along the beach. Why have I never got in the sea? Like, there's people out there who wish that they could live yeah. in the sea. So, um, yeah, it's little, it's li- little things like that, mate. The little things uh, which you appreciate, which are so easily overlooked. And the feeling I got from doing those things, I couldn't have got from buying new shoes, new handbags, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Do you think that you'll carry on this when the hustle and bustle that starts of life again? Or do you think it's going to be easy to get trapped back into what we were? Well, that's the thing. I said to myself during enjoying all that time, I said to my other half, I said, it's so easy for people to, because there'll be loads of people also feeling the same and having realisations going, oh my God, this is great spending time with my family. I love it. Um, Oh, I'm going to make sure that when I go back to work, I'm going to drop my hours and I'm going to do this and do that. But it's so easy to, like the first week of going you know, for an average person doing the average job, you know, in the first week they go back with these intentions and then two weeks into it, when they've got all these, you know, uh, jobs, deadlines they got to meet, they've forgotten about it. So uh, I made it my mission. So, uh, yeah, I've cut back certain things of my business. I knew that, right, when I do go back to work, I changed my courses around. So I was teaching like group courses and, um, I, I kept my price lower, but it meant I needed more students for a day. And like that gave me so much of a headache trying to sort out um, models and too much going and, you know, to and fro. And because my courses were a little bit cheaper, I was attracting clients, uh, students who, you know, their other half booked them on a course just to see if they like eyelashes. I knew that, right, when I go back, if I'm to spend my precious time, because that's, you know, the most valuable currency we have, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that it is not just because someone's trying to eyelashes. I know that if I'm going to be in here, away from my children, away from my family, working, I want to make a difference. So I decided to, um, when I could go back, and obviously we had a few months when we could go back, I changed my courses to one-on-one exclusive courses. So I put the price right up, which in our industry, I'm sure you probably saw a lot of people were undercutting everyone and charging like next to nothing. I saw lash courses for like 40 quid online. And so um, someone posted this on Instagram the other day saying how it is cheaper to get qualified in eyelashes than to actually pay to have your lashes done. Go figure that. Yeah. so yeah, I went the opposite. I was like, nah, I'm putting my prices right up. And um, so basically with my one-on-one exclusive courses, instead of just teaching, a, you know, four students during the day, and because I would have students and I love my students and um, I always have great experiences, but there'd be like one student in particular who I'd want to be able to give more of myself to and talk to her more. I could relate to her more or knew that she was more passionate, but I couldn't because I have to treat everyone the same. Mm-hmm. So doing my one-on-one exclusive, it gives them all of my attention and I would be able to, if it's a, let's say someone new into the industry who's never had a business before, I don't just teach them the skill, I teach them how to actually start a business, um, you know, how to uh, register on the government website, how to set up their Instagram pages, how to pay the taxes, how to, you know, all, all the little things that you don't think of or you do a course in a beauty top, you know, beauty subject or whatever and then you go away and you think oh shit I wish I'd learned that or that or that so I combined all of that into my one-on-one exclusive courses and it meant I 
going from needing like 50 students a month, I needed like five students a month, which yeah. is brilliant. So, so, um, so, yeah, so, but I definitely will carry on. I am, um, we, we're next weekend actually, we're going out in our van. So we make it our mission to get out because we've got a beautiful home and it's so easy just to use our kids three weekends to stay at home, but getting out in the outdoors and yeah, we, we, we do. So I'm going to make the most of it. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, enough of COVID. Obviously, like I said, it was two years ago since we last, well, we speak a lot, but last come on the show and kind of opened up about what you do and everything. And I wanted to kind of, it's really important for business owners to listen, to know that whatever their goals and their plans are as a business owner can change. And things are changing all the time, regardless of COVID, like we set plans and goals and they, they, they change along the way. Two years ago, you would have had a goal and something that you wanted to achieve. Has that vision changed or are they the same? Is it ever going in a completely different direction? Um, so, yeah, I mean, mate, we've all learned anything in the past year. It is that we need to adapt. And luckily, as humans, we're bloody brilliant at adapting. Um, so two years ago, I'm trying to think if I had my salon then. I don't think I did. Um, I remember when we recorded it, actually, I had honey there. So I was trying yeah. to, we were trying to talk. And I've got her bloody in the background. <laughs> going here today. She talks much more now, don't I? <laughs> um, so yeah, my, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I had my goals back then. My goal back then, I think it was to have my salon. So I did have a premises. So I'd moved from my spare room in my flat working into a premises. Um, and I started doing my teaching. I then quickly outgrew that and got a salon, um, which was like a big decision because like my monthly rolling contract for my first premises was like, well, worst comes to worst, I'll just like get rid of it and be out the next month. But this was like a 12 months lease and it was like 1500 quid a month and I was going to hire a member of staff and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I went and done that. I was like this woman on a mission, Katie, as you as you know I was like this is what I'm going to achieve so I had uh, earning honey um I was working all the time I was lashing loads was doing browse loads teaching loads I then set up my own training academy because I wanted to be able to because I was working for another training school but I wanted to teach students my way and choose what goes in my manuals and stuff so I achieved that which was brilliant and uh, yeah, it was great for a while. So I had my salon opening party. I had staff. I ended up employing uh, an admin, a part-timer and a full-timer. And um, oh, it was full on for ages. And like, I went in the local newspaper for like my business achievements. And because we support a charity called Beauty Banks, which are brilliant, by the way. Any of you salon owners, if you're listening right now and you want to do your bit for uh, charity, Beauty banks is basically like a food bank, but for beauty essentials. So um, unused toiletries, like toothbrushes, um, or even nappies, um, makeup, unused shower gel, all of that sort of stuff. So basically I would be a drop spot for it. So I'd have a box in my salon, made all the fancy fairy lights, all that crap. <laughs> and um, so yeah, we would encourage our students and our clients to bring things along and then when it got full I would message the beauty banks and I'd say where needs it and they would tell me what charities and we done a um I've hosted quite a few events and one of the events that I hosted was the afternoon tea which is like I just winged it I just literally thought of it I was like I like scones I like cake I like tea I like chatting 
look it, let's do an afternoon tea event. And uh, it sold out so quick, 30 tickets, it's bloody brilliant. And um, oh, my, mate, my food shopping bill at M&S was like, I, I probably didn't even earn any money for it because I just spent everything on the food. Krispy Kreme donuts a lot. And um, yeah, we encouraged everyone to bring along donations. And um, we, we basically brought along, we had enough baby essentials to provide there was a mum in the local area in Chichester at uh, the charity told me about it and she was due her baby and she had nothing because she had no money no anything she was living in like a temporary housing place mm-hmm. and uh, we supplied her with like six months worth of stuff so that was such like a huge yeah, shivers. <laughs> yeah. oh brilliant so yeah beauty banks if you don't know what it is check it out and you can contact them and they're really really friendly and it's non-profit and um yeah it's just doing your bit really so we were doing that we were working loads and then it got to about god this is a real 2021 now so i had the salon for about a year and then it got to a point i think it was like the august time where it's school holidays mm-hmm. I had loads of courses booked in and I just like burnt myself out I, I've never been so thin in all my life I um I took my mate on a holiday and I kept fainting um like my holiday pictures were banging because like, like <laughs> I was pretty much malnourished but I'll tell you what I look well good <laughs> I wasn't healthy though but I kept passing out and I was like I don't know what it is but it is and like I was just so and I was so spot I've never been so spot in all my life and um I just I just knew right this is not good like what's wrong with me but mate I just I was so focused on achieving all of these business goals and I was so busy and looking after the baby and looking after Ernie and like being what 23 at a time like yeah, I just, oh mate, I was rubbish at cooking as well. So I'd literally have like a bag of crisps for my dinner. And that's all I'd eat all day. So I was really unhealthy. And it got to a point where it was summer holidays. And I just thought, something's got to give. And I switched my phone off. And I remember the night, I think I've spoken about on my other podcast. And um, I literally switched off my phone, got a piece of paper. I was like, right, what do I want to achieve by the time I'm 30? So I wrote down all these things. And it didn't marry up to what I had so I thought well if that's where I want to be why am I doing all of this right now like I don't need to be doing if I don't want a salon by the time I'm 30 why have I got one now I need to start making plans to get rid of it why have I got a salon so I started to have all these realizations like, right my plan now is to downsize it's to strip back and having this realization come with so much relief oh my gosh like because I was so busy mate I felt like a bad mum like mum guilt like literally I would get get home and it'd be dark like I'd quickly bash the kids to some dinner and sometimes I wouldn't even cook them dinner all week because they would have dinner at like nursery and after school club so I think oh my god I'm not even like feeding my kids and I want to be able to do that um so yeah I made some changes decided to um my staff moved on I got rid of the salon I started selling things but with that come a lot of, oh shit, what are people going to think? Like, I've gone in the paper because I've achieved all of this. People, like, message me every day. You'll know, Kate, people message me and they go, um, oh my God, you're so inspiring. So what are these people going to think when I tell them that I, I don't want all this anymore? And, um, but at the end of the day, I would respect somebody more if they said, right, I had a goal, I achieved that goal. And then when I achieved it, I thought, do you know what? Do I really want this anymore? Nah. And then they changed it. I would respect that more than someone 
who, um, I have this goal and I see it all the time in my mentoring. I have this goal, I've achieved it. I've got all these things around me. I've got this car, I've got this house, I've got all these businesses. But actually, I'm really unhappy and I don't spend any time with my family. And do you know what? None of this brings me any joy anymore. But I'm too scared to change direction. I don't know how to. So I'm just going to stay put. Mm. Hey. It's normally to do with worrying about other people and what they think, isn't it? Absolutely. So um, I well, just to explain, I did actually have a mentoring student who come to me when I had my salon. And um oh okay she was so so glad like I thought Jesus Christ I've just got a Primark top on like she's there head to toe glamorous branded and then she had a lush Range Rover and she had two salons and um anyway so she comes to me for mentoring and normally with mentoring people know what they want when they come so they come to go like oh, I know what they want before because they've told me that like, I want to improve my lashes or I want you to help me with the booking system. But she came and she said, I don't really, I'm not, not really after anything. I've just got some spare money. So I just thought I'd book the course and see what you could teach me. All right. <laughs> That's always a little bit tricky, isn't it? So I started chatting to her and, um, you know, because I want to understand her and be able to support her and uh, coach her the best that I can. Anyway, we had this open conversation and I'm, I feel like I'm, I, my, one of my skills is to communicate with people and listen and to provide that open space without them fearing rejection or judgment and things. And we were chatting and anyway, she ended up crying. And it's funny because quite a lot of time in mentoring, people cry with me and I'm thinking, oh, is, this, is this bad? But it's not, which is why I'm, I'm going to go into university, which I'll speak about later. And then um, she started crying, saying, so she's got these two salons, she's got everything, she's achieved all this stuff. And I said, oh, this is amazing, like, good on you, like, it's incredible. Um, so when do you get to spend time with your kids? Well, Sunday's my day off. Okay, cool, what do you do on Sunday? Well, for most of the morning, I do my accounts, um, and then I do my husband's accounts, and then I do some admin, and then, like, we might watch a film. So I figured... Yeah, like you don't you literally don't have a day off like your day off what you think is your day off you're working mm. so um so yeah so basically got to the bottom of it she wasn't happy but she'd achieved all the stuff um and I think it all stems from people she had low expectations of herself people used to doubt her so then she was like no fuck it I'm gonna do all these things so she achieved it all and then was like oh shit I proved my point now but I'm not happy with any of it and she didn't know how to change so we put in some, um, we got to the bottom of it. She realised that she was only staying put because she didn't know how to, where to pivot. And she was worried about what other people may think of her. So once we, you know, I say like, you never, I think it was the summertime. And I said, uh, I saw a, her quote and I said to her, you only get about um, 15 summers with your child, which is so true. Which is mental, isn't it? Like, that's bearing in mind if your kid actually wants to hang out with you when they're 15 <laughs> holidays. And that, when I saw that quote, it put everything into perspective for me. I think that was around the time where I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm downsizing, blah, blah, blah. So I said that to her and just, you know, just putting things into perspective and making her realise that it's a good thing and you should pivot in business. And it's, it's, it's good for business because if you stay put in this place where you're unhappy, that's when things start to go downhill. It could, you know, negatively impact your business. So we put in boundaries, we put in um, 
you know, she got an accountant, so my accountant, Leanne, Tilly's accountant, so she's brilliant, follow her. Um, she got her, so she didn't have to do the accounts anymore. Um, she got rid of, she decided to get rid of one salon and focus on just um, the one salon. So she got rid of the second one, got burnt and had just one. She had all of her staff um, self-employed, which she found that really difficult as well because people were picking and choosing their hours and financially it wasn't really benefiting her. So she changed them over onto a um, employed contract. So that gave her more money. Um, the girls actually preferred it because obviously they didn't earn as much, but they preferred it because there wasn't as much competition. It felt more structured. They had you know, the benefits of being employed, pension, maternity pay, all these things. Mm-hmm. And um, she stepped out of her business, which is, I know, know something that you teach salon yeah. owners is to not work in your business, to work um, on your business. On your business. Um, so yeah, so we come to all these realizations and she cut her work down, load down, she's happier. And um, so that's just one example of someone who had the same realization as me, like, I'm not happy. And I've done a post about that on Instagram and it blew up and everyone's like, oh my God, this is brilliant. And I drew a lockdown, people are like, I've realized I don't want a salon. I realized uh, it was a mistake getting a second salon. So yeah, so with my business, back to the question that you asked me originally, um, <laughs> what's changed since then? So my goal was to get the salon and to have my own training academy and to employ staff. I'd done that. Then I realized I didn't want it anymore. So I made a plan to strip back and focus on what I did enjoy, which was communicating with people, teaching people, not doing the lashes anymore. I'd done it for years, back to back. My bloody back was hurt and my hands are sore. And um, I don't want to do it anymore because I've done my bit. And um, so I cut back, got a smaller premises, cut my hours down and um, made everything more simple and enjoyable for me. And I don't earn as much as I did However, it's freed me up more time. And um, we're just going to talk about wealth. My health has improved. My relationships have improved. And um, yeah, and I think it's a good to, if you're going into business and you've got these goals, it's, it's good to have goals because you know what you're going to work towards. And I call it reverse engineering. So I set these goals. This is what I'm going to do. When I was in my flat, I want a training school. How do I get there? Well, first of all, I'd need a premises. Okay, if I, if I get a premises, how much extra money am I going to need to earn a month? I'm going to need to earn, let's say, a £1,000. How am I going to earn that extra £1,000? Well, if I employ a member of staff, I've already got a lot of clients. So the clients that I'm turning away, this member of staff could actually lash them, which would give me that extra £1,000. So with my reverse engineering that I do is I set my goal, then I put in little steps on how to get there. Mm-hmm. And then it, it seems so achievable. And I just focus on these small little things. And then before you know it, you've got to your big goal. And there's that quote, isn't there? You'll know it. And it's, um, we overestimate what we can do in a day, but we underestimate what we can do in a year. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so true. And it, it's, people don't want to put the work in. People don't want to sit down and actually write out a plan of like, how do I get there? And with the salon, if you're sitting at home right now or listen to this podcast or in your car or whatever, and you're thinking, oh my God, I'd love what Katie has. Katie's got a franchise. She's got salons. Ava's had a salon. Ava's got a training school. How the bloody hell do I do that? You can pay people to learn how they got to where they were. You offer mentorship to teach people how to get to that place. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an investment. Um, but I think people are too afraid to make that investment. Or if you really want something then um, then you're going to have to take the time to sit down and write down a plan on how to make it work. So, um, so yeah, my 
two years ago, completely changed. But I think this path was meant all along. I was meant to have the salon to learn everything about a salon so then I could continue to mentor people. How was I going to mentor people on having a salon if I'd never had a salon? Yeah. Exactly. You need to have that experience, don't you? Yeah. To know that you had that pivoting point as well and that you don't, I think a lot of people in this industry as well, and I think it's a real shame that we look at everyone else and think that's what we have to do. And if that's what everyone else has done, that's what my goal has to be. Yeah. Uh, we have to become lash artists or beauty therapists or hairdressers or whatever that is. And then when we're really good, we then have to become a trainer. And then when we're really good at training, we then need to product range and then go on and so on and so on. Or if our salon's really successful, I then definitely need a second salon. There's not the way it has to go. You have to go with what makes you happy and what follows your heart. Like for me, if anyone says what makes you happy, mine's freedom. Forget the money, forget everything. I want freedom. If that means I have to work two days a week and cut my hours and not bring as much money in, then fine, fair enough. I would prefer to be at home, like have my chill time, be with my daughter, than be working all hours God sends and not have that time. And I think that's, you You get like that when you've been stripped from that time. Like I have been there where I've worked every single hour. I have been there where I'm exhausted and can't even pick myself up and, you know, having a breakdown because I'm so tired. And when you get to that point, that's when you're like, mm, this isn't what I want or I need to make changes or you find out which, what actually is really important. Yeah. And I always remember a time in my life where I hit the biggest goal I ever wanted to hit in my career. And I got home, my daughter, some people would already know this story, and my daughter was with my mum and dad. I got home from working really late and just hit this massive milestone of my life and my career. And I stood there, I was exhausted, I felt numb. I thought I was having a stroke because I was so, oh. I, I felt so bad. I thought, why am I doing this? What, what is the point of this? I've come home to an empty house. I'm really unhappy, even though I've just conquered the most biggest goal ever. And I feel like I'm actually having a stroke right now. Like, yes. it's sometimes you really have to think, what is it that you actually really, really, really want? But you have to go through all these moments to then be able to reach that point. What was your goal, if you don't mind me asking? Franchising. Yeah. Yeah, it was always, always my goal. Um, I'd done it. I teach other people how to franchise. It's a great thing. But for me, it just made me poorly. The amount of work and everything that's involved. And with the amount of work to get up to that point, to sell that first franchise. And then you're like, okay, I've done it. Now what? Yeah. Now what? I'm it, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So you're racing for another goal. And then you get it and you're like, now what? I want it to second franchise. I got it. Now what? So you've really got to put things into perspective. But like you say, you don't know until you've been stripped of that time. I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't be where I am now had I have not worked all those hours, been collapsing on holiday because I'm bloody malnourished, eating me packet of quavers for dinner, not spending any time with my kids. So, so my message to someone who's listening to this and finds yourself really, really stressed and you're thinking, I don't want to do this anymore, Trust that gut. Trust that little instinct that's telling you, I think enough is enough now. Because you might have done all of that work to get you to this place where you can then go, I don't want to do it anymore. However, along that journey, I've learned all of these skills 
you could set up a business of just mentoring from home, three hours a week if you really wanted, teaching what you've learned in those five years of ridiculous working. You hear it all the time, like me, all of my journey of how many hours I've put into lashing and, um, you know, courses to learn how to better perfect my eyelashes and eyebrows and um, running the salon, all of that has so paid off, but you've got to know when to stop and you've got to self-reflect you've got to have that time off to go am I happy with what I've got and I think all of the COVID stuff and people being forced to stay at home with their families forced to not you know you know not work it's given people that chance to stop pause take a deep breath and think is this really what I want yeah so um so yeah and, and as well like you say that wanting more 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 constantly that's the society we live in nowadays which is why was it consumerism all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. I, don't, I think that's the right word to use but like with phones right latest iphone comes out oh my god i've wanted this for the past year then six months later another one comes oh i've got to have that i've got to have that I've got to have that which is why this book the real life money and um Oh, minimalism programs. I can't think of the top of my head what other stuff I've watched, but it's um it teaches you about all of these tactics that companies use um to keep you wanting the latest thing. They make you feel like you're you're missing out and you're not the same as everyone else if you don't have it. So oh my god, I've not got that. I mean, I've never really been into like fashion. I've pretty much had the same dress sense since I was like a teenager. Like I've had the same job. You know, I have the same jumper I bought from Topshop. Right? It was a uh, it was in a Say for 10 quid I've had that since I was in college which was bloody years ago but I love it so I've never felt the need to buy the latest things with clothes however I know that people do oh my god I can't wear these trains anymore because they're not the latest ones I can't have that because it's not the latest one I can't have that car because it's not the latest one and you just think like stop there's people who are paid to make you feel like that there's mm. people there's there's like psychologists people who who understand the human brain who are paid ridiculous amounts of money to work for Facebook and Instagram to keep you hooked on the app. There was a, there's a guy called uh, Neil, I think his name is, but anyway, he's got a book called um, Indistractable. And that's the book that I read and that's brilliant. And it teaches you about that sort of stuff and how, I think it was um, Steve Jobs, his kids weren't allowed to use the products that he created because he understood the work that went into keeping you hooked really? so like, like angry birds and um that bloody what's that one that was on facebook farm animals or whatever yeah. but they keep you hooked and you'll find yourself and those of you who aren't aware of this you'll be sitting there watching tv and then all of a sudden you'll feel the urge to just tap your phone screen have i got any notifications i think i i am still trying to unlearn i'm aware that that is what these apps have are designed to do i'm aware of that but i still find myself going on to check it so i force myself sometimes to um i just delete the app for like a few days to mm-hmm. completely come off it and another thing as well so even if i didn't look at my phone i would know exactly where the facebook app is just to click on it which i'm sure most of you will as well yeah. i put it right on my back screen so like a few screens down and it's such a small thing but it's helped me so much with being more productive and less fucking pointless scrolling all day long but, um, but yeah so that book's called indistractable that's really really interesting i love a good book yeah all about reading i mean for some of us 
a lot of people are like, oh no, I don't like reading. If you don't like reading, look at the audio. Like there's, you, you learn so much knowledge from just reading a good book. Yeah, I'm reading a um, book that one as well. Daring Greatly, how the courage to be vulnerable transforms the way we live, learn, uh, parent and lead. It's by Brene Brown, literally, mate. I want to be Brene Brown when I'm older. I love her so much. <laughs> she, a, um, she, she went into, she's like this Texas woman. Do you know who Brene Brown is? No. Oh, wait, she'd done a TED talk on vulnerability, right? And uh, she's this woman from Texas who, oh my God, she's just like oozes um, love and um, feminine warmth and feminine energy and she's just um I don't have anyone really in my life of her age um I've never really felt that way towards a woman before um that I, I've never looked at a woman and felt inspired by them I've never had that role model to me so I've never had a woman in my life I think I want to be like her when, when I'm older mm-hmm. so when I come across Brene Brown it was like, um, oh my God, why do I feel like I'm getting emotional? What's wrong with me? <laughs> my pregnancy hormones, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, blame it on that. <laughs> yeah, like, I was just like, oh my God, this woman, I, I literally love her. She's so down to earth. I, when she talks, she has got so much knowledge and she's so down to earth. And she's just so, basically, she studied social work. I think she's like in her early 30s. So she started quite late. And um, she has researched shame, vulnerability, um, not topics that you typically think of. And um, yeah, she she studies them. And basically vulnerability, this book, um, it basically teaches you about being vulnerable um, and how being vulnerable isn't a weakness. And being vulnerable is how you live your life fully. So um, how so she basically goes into businesses and teaches people what you need to be you want more connection and creativity in your workplace you need to be more vulnerable so the amount of people who let's say will be creative in um oh i don't know an example uh i can't think of one right now but an example of when i've been vulnerable and i didn't realize this until i read this book is when i first met tony mm-hmm. i was um i'm an independent woman mate i don't need no man right so yeah. I would let someone get too close. Like, if he if he rugs me off, see you later, mate, don't matter. I've already got myself. I've already got my ass. Don't matter, I don't need you. So I would, even though I was in a relationship, there was still this, like, barrier um, of me not wanting to, now I know, be vulnerable. I didn't want to be hurt again. So I had this huge barrier up. But to fully experience that relationship, fully be with someone and to feel that love and to be committed to someone, I had to put that guard down and be vulnerable. So in, if you're in a relationship, it's vulnerable. So, and, I, and I literally remember I sat, it was before I got in the shower or whatever it was, before I put the kids to bed. I sat in my room, put my phone on charge. And I remember sitting by the side of my bed you know when you get comfy and you think I can't get up now so I just sat there afraid <laughs> and I was like um, I really want to be with this person but I know that I've got this guard up like if he you know I, I'd have this guard up and I know I'm gonna have to let go and be open put my guard down and basically be willing to be vulnerable be willing to get hurt but it's worth getting hurt because I want to be with this person. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, and it's, yeah, being vulnerable with that situation and letting that guard down has enabled us to have this incredible relationship, which has taught me so, so much and makes me appreciate so much 
But um, yeah, this book about vulnerability. Oh my God, mate, I'm so emotional right now. <laughs> I love that, but that's good. Yeah, I'll do um, tissue if I could. It's, yeah, vulnerability. I think more people um, need to learn about it basically and it's, that's that's the book that I'm reading at the minute but yeah Brene Brown she's got a, a talk uh, on YouTube literally just type in Brene Brown power of vulnerability and it's hilarious right this woman she was like played small so she never wanted to be famous or anything like this and Ted the you know the torture yeah. come to Texas um and asked her to talk so she was like oh, that's fine it'll just be like an audience like 500 people and they'll just record it or whatever yeah um, Anyway, it's got like the most views, it's like millions of views on you on YouTube. So she talks about being vulnerable and she's like, she's it took her to be vulnerable to go up on stage, and then like the battles that she's had from that, from being famous and people's um, you know, opinions of her and you know, criticism and all this stuff that's been thrown at her that she's over, had to overcome. So yeah, so Brene Brown, she's a huge, huge influence to me who inspires me and reading all of these books and learning about myself and having these talks with people during my mentoring sessions has made me realize my passion is for wanting to make a positive impact on the world. It's wanting to help people live more fully, understand themselves, understand others, become more comp um, compassionate, understanding and um, more vulnerable. And that's why I've decided to apply for uni. I applied for it last year and I got in for the September just gone, but I thought it's too soon, I ain't doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so I applied for this September coming. And um, yeah, and that's for psychology and counselling. So that's the route that I'm going to take next, which is that's amazing. And I think you're going to be so good at it. Like, can I sign up for a counselling? <laughs> absolutely right but it's um, oh, even like that that's a huge thing like I never thought going back into education mate like I I did not like school or college because I think I just wanted to grow up really really quick and I wanted to earn my own money and I wasn't didn't really know what I wanted so like now it makes me god Jesus how does this like 18 year old know what they want to do for the rest of their life like which is what they're expected to do like you're meant to choose at 18 a uni degree commit to it yeah you know so um so yeah I, I'm really excited about learning about myself learning how to better serve these individuals who come to mentoring with me because at the minute I'm just speaking from experience all of the stuff that I read all the things that I've learned you know personally and all the document the documentaries I watch all of that but I want credibility I want to actually step back from what I'm doing I'll still teach my beauty courses and got a new business that I'm launching later on this month I'll tell you about in a minute um but I want to go away and study and actually you know if I want to influence people I want to be an expert in that field not just oh, I've got a bit of information how long is the course you are how long is the course it's four years wow but mate that's another thing so I'm really like a, oh mate that's too long I used to think oh four years that's that's well long what have I achieved in the past four years I'm going to be doing this course and living my life. Yeah, this definitely. is going to be just my life for four years. I'm having a new baby. I've got my other businesses. I've got spare time. I use my time, you know, wisely. I've still got freedom. And four years, that'll be by the time I've worked it out. So I'd graduate the summer that I turn 30 as well. So I think, mate, I know people who are 40 who still don't know what they want to do. I know people who are 40 who have never even had a job. So to commit to four years out of hopefully I'll live till I'm, you know, gone 100, what is four years? Fuck all, innit? 
It's so true. And that is the best mindset to be in. So you've got, you've got a busy mind, you've got a busy mindset. You've got a busy four years coming up with the studying, babies, life. What next is going on? You said new business. So um, the business that I've created, so, um, oh, I'm just looking, someone's bashed their wing mirror. I can see the, I can see the, I'm getting distracted. There's a car park, someone's BMW's new wing mirror's bashed in. Oh dear. Anyway, so, um, so an accreditation business. So being a beauty trainer, I have realised how bloody, basically the beauty industry isn't regulated. So any Tom, Dick and Harry could go and get a qualification and, uh, the next week do a teacher training course and then the week after that become a trainer so within three months you could literally become a trainer i've been teaching people how to not even just do eyelashes you know bloody uh microderm abrasion or whatever it's called things that could permanently damage someone's skin like you are able to do it makes no sense to me so the standards need to be stricter however i can't just come in and go right the rules are changing so what can i do to help so obviously i've created brilliant courses at a high quality that i teach my girls as much as possible but that's still not enough so for me to become a beauty trainer you then have to get your insurance beauty insurance and then you have to um get accreditation for your courses so accreditation for those who don't know is basically a seal of approval from a company a recognized body within the industry that says yes your courses meet a certain standard to go and teach and um, so most of the places that do accreditation three bullet points in an email that's all you need mm -hmm. so we just need your manuals we just need this and your teaching certificate not what's included in the manuals, not all the health and safety and the regulations you have to adhere to and patch testing and what might go wrong. Or if somebody, I mean, I've done a brow course and um, when I first started my brow course, didn't mention anything about medication. So I went to whack somebody's eyebrows. It's my friend's sister, luckily. And she went, hold on, before you wax, um, I didn't do a consultation form because I didn't think I had to. Like I was never taught it. Yeah. I'm on Roaccutane, which is the acne medication. And I know inside your head, Katie, you're probably thinking, oh, 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 she's about to say, don't do it. And um, I'm really sure, oh, I don't think I meant to because it's not my skin's really sensitive. Anyway, I decided not to wax and I took a different, I took a um, HD brow course, which was bloody brilliant. It was like two days, really intense, blunt load. And um, I learned. If someone's on that medication, their skin is basically very, very thin. It's like paper and it's uh, really susceptible to cuts and, you know, abrasions. If I was to wax her eyebrows, I could have permanently damaged her skin. She could have taken me to court. She could have sued me. And I was never taught about any of that. And cool, that trainer was able to take my money and however many other people's money. And I just, just think, how the hell is that allowed? So my accreditation, how I feel like I can improve the industry is we, we want to create uh, a safe, positive beauty industry. It's a brilliant industry. However, I do feel like it can be quite saturated. There's a lot of poor quality things going on as well. Poor quality training. There's a lot of legal cases that go on as well where people have, have been permanently damaged, have had to take time off work because they've had allergic reactions because they haven't been given patch tests, and consultation forms. So my accreditation process, the verification process is really, really strict. So we even require people to have first aid training, which I feel like every training school should have. If someone wants to drop down on your floor or try, you know, they choked and you don't know how to help them, 
I just think it's it's a responsible thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. So the accreditation business is something that I'm working on, um, which is going to be launched later on this month, and it's taken to to link up with insurance providers and that's another thing mate that's been a right ball like I went to link up with um months back and forth um with this with this well-known insurance company I won't name names and um they work alongside an accreditation company which is really popular and um so I've sent them through all of my prerequisites uh, prerequisites and everything that we inquire when doing an application and um, they basically said for someone to learn eyelashes, they must go to college for three years and do a beauty course. So I said, well, hold on. How comes the other person who you work alongside, the other accreditation company, they don't require that? How comes it's one rule for one, one for the other? Worded it professionally. It's because we've worked for them for years, but that's how it is. Well, how the hell is the industry ever meant to get better, improve, and promote, you know, good working practice when the insurance companies aren't pulling their weight and adapting. So I've had to overcome all of these things. Oh, mate, imagine that. You've worked for months to, oh, I'm nearly there, nearly there. And then they go, no, sorry, not for you. We can't work with you anymore. <laughs> Back to square one. So I finally managed to partner up with a really, really incredible um, insurance company, InSync Insurance. And um, so, yes, we're launching that um and we do the we offer the level three teach training as well so for people who do want to go into training they can do it through us so who we work with we've partnered up with a company who are regulated by off call and it's all legitimate and um so yeah we do that what was the question what am i going to do what, what's the next oh <laughs> <laughs> so yes yeah, so launch that business um and continue to do my exclusive one-on-one courses with reduced hours and um basically my long-term goal is to build a house in the forest it's to have some animals it's to spend lots of time with my kids it's to be the next Brene Brown and it's to know and to look in the mirror and go I fucking love myself because I am unapologetically me and I know that I am doing good in this world so I love that. Round of applause, babes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I need, I need a glass of water. My throat's a bit dry after all that talking. <laughs> uh, I love that so much. It's been so nice to catch up with you, like, after this time and to see where you're at, see where your, your headspace is, and you're just such an influence to so many people. So thank you. Thank you, Katie. It's, um, yeah, like I said, it's a pleasure to be on here, especially as I know how busy you are. But I love following your stuff as well and seeing where, I mean, it was only a few years ago, I'd look at your page and if you were to message me back, I'd be like, oh my God, Katie's messaged me back. Oh my God, look. Um, and it's, yeah, now I'm here chatting to you and we chat quite regularly. Um, yeah, I think this industry is bloody brilliant and it's podcasts like this where it's interviewing normal people and shining the light on business and uncovering all of the bloody filters and shit that you see on Instagram and talking truth. What does it take? to run a business what does it take to you know be a successful business owner because um if you've never run a business I think it's you hear it don't you people start a business go I never thought it'd be like this Mm -hmm. so it's good that they get this insight before going ahead definitely definitely well thank you for giving up your time I appreciate it good luck on the rest of your pregnancy and baby I can't wait to see that first post to say that you've had him (laughs) 
Oh, mate, don't we? Uh, do you know on my list to do later on is to order my um birthing pool because I'm gonna do a home birth again. So, oh, uh, nice. but yeah, it's very, very exciting. Can't when is it? When are you due? May. Oh, wow, yeah, nice time. Thank you very much, my love. I look forward to catching up again soon. You are welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye. If you love this episode, please share and tag us on social media at KG Salon. I always follow them. I always follow them. If you're a salon owner and would like to join our membership program, coffee, cake, and chat, get in touch for a space. Be around a like-minded tribe. Have 400 pounds worth of mentoring a month and push yourself to the next level. I love being a part of such a great community. Until next time, have an amazing, successful week.